Welcome to episode three of Civil Conversations. I call this the Generation Series. I was born in the 90s. Uh, Specifically, we brought two young adults in that were born in the 90s. We had Josiah Goodroom and Michaela Parson join me uh, to just discuss how are things in their lives. And and though we know that the younger generation is always going to look at things from a from fresher view, fresher lens, especially as they get out into the adult world, it's also amazing to hear some of the things that are still around and still in place today. So I'm looking forward, or I was looking forward to this conversation. I'm looking forward to now you guys listen to this conversation as it's uh, it's very insightful and uh, very helpful. Enjoy, guys. Thanks. All right. Hey, everybody. It is Matt Aguido here for a, the third episode of Civil Conversations. Um, this week, we had to do it on a Thursday night due to scheduling conflict, but I'm excited to have this conversation because this one specifically is getting perspective from I was born in the 90s, um, people who were born in the 90s. And so I have Josiah Goodrum and Michaela Parson. Uh, you guys who have caught this uh, series a couple times before know how it goes. Um, the two of them actually do not know each other. They've never met before today. Uh, they met 15 minutes before the call, so that way we can get through some of the pleasantries and also how the show is going to go. Um, I'm excited to talk to them. I mean, at the end of the day, we we know that we're in a sensitive time right now um, and when it comes to race and relations and culture and social justice in the U.S. Every day I feel like there's something new going on. Um, but I think it's important to get the perspective of young adults, um, you know, uh, it, it especially because we sometimes want to say things have passed on or things are, are gone um, or it's over now or it's in the past. Um, and maybe it's not. Maybe it is. So. Um, anyway, so I want to give a couple people a few more seconds to jump on, and then we're going to jump into intros. I, I subscribe to a Ladies First model, so we're going to have Michaela go first to introduce herself, give us a little bit of her background, and then uh, followed by Josiah, and then we'll just continue jumping right on into this conversation and uh, just get an gauge on how are they, basically, uh, today. So, yep, checking out, let's see, checking out the live real quick. All right, cool. So, Michaela Parson, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and a little bit of your background. Uh, my name is Michaela Parson, as you said. Uh, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, Chester County. Uh, grew up playing basketball. Grew up around sports, sports family, big, big church family. Uh, ended up going to the Monacan High School. Uh, and then went to the University of Richmond, played basketball there all four years, uh, had a biology degree, uh, and then did a graduate program for like pre-medical students at the University of Pennsylvania. And so I just finished that this fall. And now I currently work for Penn Medicine as a researcher. <laughs> oh, nice, 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 nice. Josiah. I am Josiah Goodrum. I'm I'm from Asheville, North Carolina, and I now live in Charlotte for the past, I've been here for about eight years. Came to UC Charlotte, graduated in 2016, and I was born in 1994. Apparently, I'm a young adult. I did not realize that. I feel like I'm 65, so it doesn't, 
Yeah, I mean, you're definitely on this call, but you're, you're definitely you're definitely a young adult, I guess, from in comparison to myself. Um, and what year were you born, Michaela? 1996. 1996. Okay. Just, just on the, I was uh, born in the 90s. That's what we'll say. Say it one more time. So I was born in the 90s. That's that's what counts. Yeah, yeah, that is what counts, and I think. Um, I think it's important because one of the the, the unique parts, so for me, I, w I graduated high school in 99. So I was, you know, my first election that I voted in was Bush versus Gore. That probably is like completely <laughs> make you guys feel like I'm old. And um, with everything that's been going on today, uh, you know, I have a perspective, right? So I, me, I spent my teenage high school years in the 90s. And so there was a lot that was going on there. But for you two specifically, um, one of the things I want to stress to everybody who's watching this is um, Josiah represents himself. He is one white young male, 26 years old, who has his own perspective on life, but he may just so happen to say things that connects with somebody out there. Michaela, young, black, 23-year-old uh, young lady, she has her own perspective as well, but there may be some people out there who can connect with her, her story as well. But the overall point here is to gain perspective. And for these two to have a conversation with me and with each other to understand what it's been like for them with, with race and, how, and their history and their background. And what I think is awesome is just knowing that they came up in a much more digital age than most of us. The last two conversations we had, we were all, I think the youngest person was maybe 35 years old. So, um, so yeah, so I'm excited to, to understand how you guys are doing and what's going on. So Michaela, why don't you go ahead and start, man. And um, you know, how have you been with everything that's been going on, especially the last couple months, um, and and all, just you know, kind of go ahead and spitball it. Um, I mean, the last couple months have definitely been a, a lot more eye-opening than than it has in like the last few years. But I mean, just more recently, definitely being here in Philadelphia and like being away from my family has made has made this experience a little more terrifying. Just the fact of like you know. I've, brother at home who's you know about to go to college my dad is also at home and I have you know a bunch of friends and family back home who who are black and who who live us on the daily life and I mean it, it's it's terrifying to know that uh this could happen to anyone that I know yeah and that nothing is being done about it. like you could say you know if that was my family then I would have a you know a huge uproar about it but it, it's it's scary and that just one day this could happen and it for something very very little like simply just walking across the street that this could happen and uh trying to explain that to my my brother and i mean he obviously knows but just and, and coming from you know different background as as some typical like stereotypical people would think black people come from it, it it's a whole different light of knowing that your zip code won't save you the house you live in won't save you that's facts your, your job won't save you, your education won't save you. It, on the surface, you're black, and that's all people see. So it's like, sure, you may, you, you may be able to talk your way out of a ticket, or you may be able to do some, certain things that you can do, but most times it's not going to happen that way. Mm -hmm. And just because of this, the color of your skin, color of my skin. So, I mean, I have had to have difficult conversations with people who I treated like family, you know, like teammates, friends. And again, it's like, this is this, this experience has been so eye-opening it's just the fact that we've been silent and not just silent but you, you know kind of complicit with the whole thing like yeah i'll post this picture this this and that 
and you know you get the text messages every single day you get the you know the reach outs and that those are you know nice but it's like it's not about me it's not about no it's not about fighting for someone that you know it's not about fighting for people that you grew with so it's like fighting for someone that you have no idea who they are they're a human being they may be black they may be white they may be this it's like would you go if you saw injustice being done injustice being done would you, would you say something about it and just the fact that yeah i do have people who i can say yeah this person would fight for this person this person would fight for me and you have some people who have stayed quiet or think this is like a political issue think this is not, not their place to say and it's like no you should be upset and it's 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 sad to see people who aren't as upset as me or aren't as, you know, affected because it doesn't necessarily affect them. Mm. Do you feel like, um, well, you know, actually, you know, let me hold on. Let me hold off a little bit. That's, that's really good insight. I mean, Josiah, what do you, how has this been impacting you um, overall? I mean, overall it's been, I mean, it's been really tough to be honest with you. Um, it's been really hard to focus at work just because I know there are certain things like it like work that i'm doing is not i'm, I'm a content strategist so it's not really groundbreaking mm -hmm. and i know that there's this massive issue in our country and i'm like it's hard to, it's hard to like type out words when you know my black brothers and sisters are just suffering so much and um you know, I've, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been tough mentally, um, to just go into work and know, like, yo, this is so far from over, and it is so, like, you know, how many people are just posting a black square because social media told them to do it, and, like, because, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, and so it's just been, like, thinking about that, and it's, it's, it's pretty tough. Do you guys do you guys find that you know um, with with I think that the thing that's interesting is that you know I I'm sure like some of us that are my age pushing forty are probably like man you know you don't want to look at somebody who's 10, 12, 13 years behind you dealing with some of the same things white or black heck Asian Indian whatever right. Um, but it's ha it happens, right? And I and I I kind of I don't want to say I worry, but I guess that's probably the best word I could use is like I worry about the fact that like okay, when is this going to stop? Like, what generation is this going to like eventually just cease cease with? So to your point earlier, Michaela, just about even some of the hard conversations you've had to have. You know, you mind going a little bit in deeper into some of your background um, and how you grew up and how like why that those conversations may have been difficult especially because of some of your some of your background a little bit yeah um so i as i said I'm from richmond and i i started my education going to like a primarily black uh, private school down in okay. Southside richmond and so there i mean we, i don't think i don't think i necessarily felt the implications of uh what's happening now just because i was surrounded by you know my black peers my black brothers and sisters like i didn't really know anything different at the time it wasn't until I, I transferred schools um you know around like elementary school where I, I went to a, a primarily white elementary school and I definitely saw just I mean how different it was and that's I think that's when the microaggressions start but you don't necessarily recognize their microaggressions at the time so like you know you, you get the 
oh, you're not really black. You don't talk black or you don't sound black or, you know, you're not like that black person. You really, you really still heard that even in the 2000s? Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's not just the white people who are saying this. It's like the black people too. So it was kind of like, it, it, it fed into it. But um, I think, I think from a very early age, you learn there's a difference between what people want me to be and then who I actually am. Mm-hmm. And you feed into that category where you're just like, what does not being like, what is this? What are they saying that I'm not? Or like, what are they saying I'm sound like? And you very early on, you learn like what code switching is. And you, 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 you everyone has that moment where, you know, they know what their parents sound like on the phone, but then, well, when I, when I pick, call my mom from a random phone number, you get the, hello, this is so-and-so. <laughs> two different. So very early on, you know, you, you learn what a black person sort of sound like, what a white person sort of sound like. Right. I, going into middle school and high school, I'm kind of just like, why does, why does, because I, because I sound like I have an education, I, I sound like I'm this. And that, that to me is just kind of. You could just say it, just like you sound white. You sound white. And you're just like, what does that mean? But isn't it kind of wild that like, and, and Josiah, I hope this doesn't offend you at all, but it's wild that sounding white is the default for sounding intelligent. Yeah. Well, you're very eloquent for this. So you do this. And it's like, wow, like, why can't I just be an eloquent, intelligent man or woman, no, right. no matter what my skin color is, or, you know, like, or I shouldn't default that to a white person, you know? Um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Michaela. It, it, it became uh, more apparent, like, as I said, when I was in elementary school, and I started playing AAU basketball. And so at the time, I was like on an all black team. And I think we were playing, you know, certain, certain few teams. And then uh, one, one of the games we had to end early and we were like, why did we end early? And it was like, uh, the team got, you know, as qualified players said the N word, like calling our team. Like, and so we were kind of like, they said, what? what? What year was this? Um, fourth grade. Uh, so let's say I was about, I was about nine. So. Yeah. And so things like that. Josiah, he's like, he's freaking out over there, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just a thing that like happened and we just had to roll with the punches and we we're just like, okay, like people still do this. Like I thought, you know, this isn't Huckleberry Finn. Like I thought this is like, had been, you know, washed over. Like people don't talk about this anymore. And then, um, going into college was like a whole different, you know, go, coming from a, like a more diverse high school going into the University of Richmond, which is, you know, a very conservative white school. You know, you got the, you got the, what's it called? You know, Lily Pulitzer dresses, mm-hmm. uh, the boat shoes, that type of like environment. And I mean, it was very quick to see that I was like, okay, this is very different. Like I'm going to stick out here and like, from right off the bat, like I said, I played basketball. You're seen there as like, you know, the stereotypical, like athlete, black, black athlete. Like you're only here because you play this sport. And you're yeah. like, my grades, my grades were decent. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's not about that. But just like the eye-opening things that have happened. Like, I think, I think I was like in my sophomore year when Colin Kaepernick kneeled. And that whole thing to me, like as an athlete, as a black athlete, I was like, yeah, like he's doing the right thing. This makes a lot of sense to me. This has, I have a lot of passion for this. And so when the time came when my, you know, the coaches were like, do you guys want to do this? It came, I I look back on it now. I'm like, I wish I would have, you know, rallied people behind this to to get into this point. But my idea was like, 
no, we can't do it because not everyone's going to want to do it. Yeah. And I never asked myself why, like, why didn't you, you know, challenge people on this? Why didn't you do this? And it's just because I felt like, you know, being black, that would have like implications on, you know, like the team would be seen as, as this and like it would, it, it would have a lot of, you know, well, if you don't mind, and, and Josiah, please comment, because your brain looks like you're going 100 miles an hour listening to her, too. Like, I, the part that's interesting that I don't think I've ever really thought about is, even when I wanted to have this conversation, which I'm so happy now we're having this conversation, is how old you guys were when Colin Kaepernick kneeled. I just, that, like, yeah. to put it in perspective, I was, I was well in my 30s at that point, right? So, I mean, it wasn't that were, long. Was yeah, like, it wasn't. Like, it, wasn't <laughs> it wasn't, but the fact that you were a sophomore when that happened, yeah, it's crazy because you're you're a, you're a basketball player. You're black. You're at a predominantly white college. You believe in what Colin Kaepernick is saying, and you're now carrying the weight of what he believes in and what you believe in. But you can't do anything about it because of the image that you carry. Like, did that sum that up in the in the in the, the right way? And you're yeah. 20 years old at the time. So I'm kind of like, what? How do you do that, Josiah? What do you think about that, man? And yeah, I mean, and also, if you don't mind, just go into your past, too, after you respond to everything Michaela just said, man. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I was just out of college. I remember it happening. I was working at an advertising agency. And I remember thinking, like, why, why are white people specifically so mad at this? I, I don't, like, I didn't understand, from mm. my point of view, it's like, yo like he he's doing something that he believes in which is like the most american thing you can do right like stand up for what you believe right like that's kind of so you know the whole thing was just um you know i just at the time i would consider myself apolitical i did not like I didn't want to engage in any type of political conversation. So I, I knew what he was doing was the right thing to do, but I didn't like, I wasn't going to say, Oh yeah, he should be doing it or he shouldn't mm -hmm. be. Doing it. I yeah, was just sure. like, this doesn't really affect me. It's really sad that people are so mad at this. But at the time I was just like, yeah, you know, I can't do anything about it. So what what does my voice have any like, like what am i going to contribute to the conversation essentially it's like right 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 you know um you know because some people are like we're gonna boycott the nfl and i'm like well i mean football is cool though like i don't know like why <laughs> you know like, at the time the panthers were good that now i have different yeah. feelings i anyway but um yeah a little bit like so i grew up um in the whitest place of all time, Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, I saw I, a black guy there one time. I was I, lo I looked in the mirror when I was in Asheville. Like seeing a unicorn. It I mean, was like, yeah, it's like it was. Um, so I mean, there's I up, just plenty of black people in Asheville. But go ahead. Yeah, um, well, I so I grew up homeschooled. Like I, I I had my limited interaction with with black people was in um like I, I played basketball too which is you know that's kind of how i that's how i met my first black person <laughs> <laughs> right um and i you know we i and that was yeah you know, like 
at the time I didn't I didn't think that racism exists. I was a kid. Like I didn't I didn't have people saying, you know, the N-word at, at a basketball game. I didn't, you know, that wasn't I wasn't privy to that. Um so I grew up very Christian conservative, very Republican, very um my my dad, I love my dad, but he listened to Rush Limbaugh pretty much every day. <laughs> So I mean that's I mean that's just where I come from and um you know I I have since I think you know going back to how recent events have impacted me the most is I would say whereas before I was apolitical now I'm realizing I have to figure out a way I'm a I'm a believer I'm a Christian I have to figure out a way to bring in the gospel to politics even though I hate it um, because that's really the only way that this is going to change, right? Um, through through that kind of thing is figuring out how we can actually bring about justice and actually bring about equity. Because yeah, I mean, it's tr- I, stop me when I like I'll, I'll talk. No, I think I, I'm like I love everything you're saying. I think I think there's this there's this um, there's this fight. So you know from a from a, uh, our backgrounds really do dictate a lot of why we do and live the way we live, right? So I'm listening to both of you and I'm kind of like, wow, like you guys ended up in specific weird places in regards to where you stand, either because of your, you know, extreme conservative views or the athletic star you are and you have a phenomenal setup right now at U of R, you don't want to risk that. And I and, and and to be honest with you, I'm, I subscribe to like whatever's past is past. You made the right decision, as long as you definitely learn from it and you move forward, right? Because I mean that that's really pretty much it, right? When you when you think about it, um, when it comes to uh, and we can't, I don't think we can really unpack this today. But like when it comes to the church and um, the gospel and Christianity in this conversation, not this conversation, but in the overall conversation it becomes very difficult because of the definition of what Christianity is supposed to be in regards to our life or politics, right? Like, and, and I, I say, or not, and in some cases, because I feel like I don't think that they're exactly the same. Um, it's just, it's just difficult because you can have somebody have the same Bible and completely have an entirely different view of what they think the implications are. So, you know, it's just, it's tough, you know? So for you guys, like, do you feel like in at this, like right now, like today, like what are the things, cause you, meant, you mentioned that you were apolitical before and then like, Michaela, you thinking about the stuff that you, you know, you wish you would have done. And I, I guess this is more for you, Michaela, like for now, or I'll turn to you right now. It's like, what is this, the stuff that you want to do now that you learned from the past that you didn't do that you're trying to be involved in now to help, uh, you know, make a change? Um, I mean, I, I like what you said about, you know, our backgrounds do dictate about, you know, how we are as people, how we are as this. And I think a lot of that comes from people listening to their parents' beliefs and listen to, you know, things they see on Facebook and things they hear from other people to, to dictate how they're going to navigate through life. You know, this is right, this is right, I mean, this is this, this is that. But just in this day and time, I feel like people who, you know, st- stray away from diff- like different topics, difficult topics, or like just trying to avoid it ha- like head on. Like this, it, politics are one thing, you can educate yourself on politics, 
and you know you can find your way through it and you can determine you know who you are within the, the spectrum of uh, politics but right now i don't think this is necessarily a political issue whether you're a conservative or liberal doesn't matter in this time it's like you see you see something being done that's just inhumane essentially you have to come down to a human perspective and see that this isn't right yeah like who, who you vote for and what you believe as far as politics doesn't shouldn't dictate how you see issues like george floyd being murdered mm. that that's more of I feel, I feel like it's like a it's a safety net for people who don't want to touch on this topic and it's such a, a large it, it's how we're moving through life right now like you know obviously there's a huge pandemic but it's like we, we need to have these riots we need to have people doing more and i feel like just educating yourself on just more than who you're going to vote for this is like why why is why has this happened several times several years just you know it, it stems from off the back of this whole system we have it's systemic and so when you when you put it in perspective of like that it's like yeah this happens if we don't keep talking about it it's going to die down like I, I remember going to a protest uh sophomore year same thing i can't necessarily remember what it's about because we stopped talking about it hmm. if we stop talking about the situations happening now it's just going to die down be swept on the rug and then it's probably going to happen again just because nothing is being done and so as, as far as you know what, what i'm trying to do is like that's true one, I, I personally, as a black woman, I don't have all the answers. I, I know I'm suffering. I know my black brothers and sisters are suffering. I know people who are, you know, at the protests every day, at these riots every day, they're suffering, they're hurting, they're like, you know, inside, on the surface, whether you're not or not. But it's like, you don't necessarily have to, you know, you don't have to be on the front lines to be able to make a change in this. You know, I feel like it's just about getting the word out, not not uh, not stop talking about it. You know, donate what you can donate. Uh, just it's just education at this point because at this point, if if someone isn't, you, you're purposely ignoring it if you're not like choosing to see it because it's like it's everywhere. I think I think you you touched on so much there that is so valuable. And Josiah, please, you know, jump in and ask questions too, but like or make comments. But I think like, you know the politics, politics are important because, you know, we want people to get out and vote. However, the politics is not what we should lean on to do the right thing. And, and I think that's your point, right? And it's like, I, you know, I, I made this post a little while ago about how, you know, people no longer create parties, the party now creates people. And so you, you have a stance, I, I'm, I'm a middleman, real heavy middleman, more than what I think most people think. I think liberals think I'm conservative and conservatives think I'm liberal. But I think, I think part of the reason why I've done that is that I, I feel like people just want to put you in a box for just looking at something the right way and just saying, like, this is wrong um, and yeah. being able to weigh it out. But also another thing you said is about talking about it. I think my opinion, and I think, uh, you know, this is just me, but I think the media, you, know, you go all the way back to Rodney King, which happened before you guys were born. I remember when it happened and I remember being little, I think I was like 11 years old when it happened, 10 or 11. And I was like, oh yeah, these cops are going to jail. Um, they didn't, or they didn't get convicted or something like that. And, and I fast forward, I'm like, you're, you're, you're sort of right, Michaela. Like, I think the conversation that happened, but when I think about the media, I think the media has stolen the ability 
for African-Americans and whites specifically in this country. Uh, I know there are other races um, and other races should talk, but these two specifically from having one-on-one -on -one conversations, which is why I started this too, right? To be able to have conversations with people in their sphere. So it's not just the media throwing something at you and making you feel like it's just that. Because some of these situations that's occurred, the reason why they're so traumatic to black people, and Josiah, I don't know if anyone's ever told you this specifically, is that the incidences that may have occurred to us as individuals that didn't result in death, it reminds us of that trauma, right? Mm -hmm. you, does that make sense what I'm saying? So, so it's just the way it happened. It's like, whoa, like, uh, y'all feel me? Go ahead, uh, Josiah, I'm sorry. You, you said, mm, like, you're about to say something or either you're about to preach. No, I mean, I, I was, um, do you know JB and Melinda Bell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have a counseling center. They did. They're doing the, a series on Mondays. I'll give a quick shout out to C. I think it's C four counseling. They're doing Zoom calls. Um, and the first one in in June was um, about that racial trauma, and just kind of how like and how it manifests itself in the body, like you know, and that is all too real. And I like, I am a. I'm an Enneagram type four, so I'm a, I'm a touchy-feely guy. Uh, like, if you try to come at me with, like, stats and stuff, I'm like, I'll get out of here. I don't, this doesn't mean anything to me because I'm feeling a certain way. And so I think, you know, I just, knowing how there's certain things that I get stressed out about for really no, like, no reason, I can only imagine how stressful it would be to actually have a grounded reason to be stressed out. And like, I, that was one of the questions that I had for you guys and you, and you Michaela is, you know, how, how are you keeping your sanity? How are you mentally like keep taking care of yourself to, to not let it get to you? Because I mean, I, I like I'll have a bad day at work and I'm like all stressed out. And it's like, this is just, amplified by so many more levels so i'm just you know what's what have you been doing to help keep your sanity and keep That's a good question you got it or we need to go first no it's the question's to you okay. yeah, it's to you. both of us okay um well i think i'm in a pretty unique situation right now in that i have like a lot of things going on as far as you know trying to uh, study for you know the specific tests i'm taking and then I just moved into a new apartment. So I've had things to keep me busy, which I've helped a lot, but it's also, um, I mean, it, I think it's just living, I mean, it's a state of uncomfortable. Like, I think it's, it's good to be uncomfortable right now. And so not necessarily, I'm not necessarily freaking out. Like, obviously I'm terrified and scared that, you know, this is a much larger issue that's it's just started, which is a good thing. And also it's like a, a bad thing as far as you know we still have a lot to go through and a lot to work through but i think i i i'm just keeping busy right now and it's it's good to be surrounded by people here who love me and people i have friends here so it's like they reach out they do this like hey checking in yourself doing this and sometimes as far as taking care of myself i just have to get off social media mm -hmm. it, it like the media controls everything right now and yes that it's good that people are posting all these things and you know we're not we're not silent at all it's just sometimes the trauma of you know media is just so it, it really does affect your soul so sometimes i'm just like i, I can't i can't handle that today i need to focus on this because i know if i see something that 
will trigger me, it's like that'll ruin my whole day. And I sometimes I, I can't can't fathom that. So yeah, I, I I feel you. I think um you know I for me just to kind of quickly answer that same question is definitely media, but it's funny now social media has to fall into that, right? When you have like these click clickbaits and all this other stuff and you know um we take some of these terms and create a quick meme and throw it on a meme and then boom like it's just it's all it's all there you know trying to shield yourself from it for a while is very helpful um staying busy um does help uh you know i saw this meme though and i'm talking about memes but i saw this meme it was like a guy it was black guy with his head back i think it was tupac or something like that and it said man george floyd gets killed i'm carrying all this black trauma and i gotta log in today or something like that and i was like wow you know and it's hard you know that friday um i'll just say it here i mean that that friday when it all happened my boss uh white female um she's awesome she she literally picks up the phone i'm thinking we're going through work and you know for work or whatever and she just said hey man this thing that happened in minnesota how are you doing and i just broke down crying it was like four days later and it was the first time I, I expressed it. So the fact that somebody white just just opened up and let me just kind of like express how I felt was huge because it's where I spend most of my time, right? So Michaela, you're, you're doing your thing, you're working, Josiah, you're working, I'm working, but it's where we spend most of our time. So knowing that we can spend, somebody can allow us to express ourselves where we spend most of our time is helpful because you, you got to put it away. You know, does that, does, does Michaela and, and my perspective kind of help you, Josiah, a bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like, that's a, that's, I, I don't know how I would handle it. Like, and I think that's kind of the, the thing is for me that I've been really trying to put myself in a black person's shoes and think about what I would be like and what I would Mm. feel like and I I mean it got to me I mean there's a I mean there's a point in time and I'll try not to cry but I mean (laughs) sorry it's all right dude like I mean that's yeah I told you I'm an emotional guy Um, but after that I mean it's just it's evil and I can't I don't know how I would make it. Like, I don't, I don't know because for me to think about it and to think about just the, the monstrosity of it all and how deep this is embedded. I mean, I broke down for about a week every morning. Um, And, you know, like the conviction of, well, you know, like, and going back to the political thing is like I I know it's not political I know it's human, um, but I do have that white privilege and I do have a responsibility you know um, to to not sit on the sidelines like I've been doing for so long because you know like that's something that I have been convicted of is just not taking any actual actions like you know it's it's one thing to get educated it's one thing to understand systematic racism but like it's gonna keep happening unless we start having those hard conversations yeah so we start and recognizing like yo like this doesn't matter whether what you're right what side of the aisle you're on like i think the whole two-party thing is so bs like 
how can you not see how can you just look at this and like oh it's it's people trying to garden up garden up votes for a, an election like no this guy was sorry i'm trying to censor myself this guy was murdered right like he was murdered and and how can you change that conversation to be about politics like how can you change that conversation to be like well not all cops are this way it's like yo like come on like why are you how how can you watch this video yeah as a white person and think like there's not a problem i i just i think some of it i think some of it goes back to it's about exposure, right? So I'm gonna give a little grace, right? Some of it is about exposure. It's about not, you, if, if you operate in what you know, then that's what you know. Like politics is, a, is an easy conversation to have. It's an educational conversation in some cases. It's not personal, right? And it, you know, when people, and I'm not making excuses. I just think that people respond with what they're comfortable with. And unfortunately, we have become too comfortable with the politics in the U.S., right? Mm. Um, if that makes any sense. Um, it's tough. But let me ask you a question because there's a couple comments that's come in, and I know we're about that time where we're going to start taking on some comments. Okay. Um, and for some reason, my phone's not allowing me to see this one, but I'm going to ask it. It was from Nikki, and I'm, I'm probably am not going to say the question correctly, primarily because I can't read it the right way because I can't find it now. It's... Um, asking Josiah, what is your views? This is good. This is a little touchy. So we'll, I'll manage this one. What are basically your views on white privilege? And, you know, what do you, do you believe in the concept of white privilege? I think that's how it was worded. I'm sorry, if, Nikki, if I didn't say that correctly, but. Um, yeah, I mean. And, and uh, again, speaking as a 26 year old. Yeah, this is, this is my, this is my, uh, this is my personal experience with it. Um, kind of going re re um, rewinding to that Colin Kaepernick situation, right? Um, and by and, the way, if everyone see me looking down, it's me trying to catch up with comments. So go ahead. Um, 2016. Um, that's when Keith Lamont Scott was shot in Charlotte. He was killed by the police. Um, it was in that same. Uh, it, I, it, there was other police killings i think in that same time frame i can't remember exactly but um i remember reading an article about some some article on the internet like i checked my white privilege for a day and i to be honest with you i was like well i'm not privileged (laughs) you know i worked hard for this job i you know i struggled through uh whatever managerial economics you know like I, um, so what are you saying? I don't, I don't work hard. Like what, what do you, and I kind of bristled at it. Right. And, um, it was, um, fast forward a couple of years. We, we planted a church on the West side, uh, shout out to West Charlotte church. Um, and, um, I started a book club. It didn't last for very long. But we read a bunch of books, and one of them was, this, it's a really long title, but why are all the black kids sitting at the cafeteria by themselves or something something along those lines? I probably messed that up. I don't, but it, it kind of like, it, it illuminated what that phrase meant. And, and we talked about it this morning, Matt, like, you know, maybe privilege isn't, it, you know, 
maybe has that it has wrong connotations but if you take time to actually dig into what people mean by that it doesn't discount what you've achieved right it doesn't discount my achievements it just is recognizing hey i i have had significant advantages for instance when i go to the grocery store i don't think twice i don't think twice about someone following me around uh when i get pulled over i'm i do not fear for my life never have i ever you know like that's not something i worry about and so when we talk about white privilege i think i'm a christian and so i don't i can't speak for non-believers but my faith allows me to take a step back and just listen because you know it's when when you are unable to listen to your brothers and sisters in christ that are black and they're telling you this is a thing and you're like nah you're you're discounting you're you're not listening you're not loving your neighbor and i i talked earlier with matt and, um you know in corinthians the famous love chapter that they read for all of like you, you know before you get married love is kind love is patient, whatever in there it's you know love believes all things right so in in and in this country supposedly you are innocent until proven guilty right and so like you cannot you have to take people you, you know you have to believe people and there's so many um you know i see so many people like not just shutting up and listening yeah so what do you how, what do you think michaela like how how do you and i i, I didn't think we would actually touch this with the fact that we we are a little bit but what do you think about this topic this area and how has it how's it impacted you i mean has it I mean, yeah, I just, just going off what Josiah said, I, I think um, I saw two, a few things on social media. One was that, you know, you don't have to walk in someone else's shoes to believe them. Mm. And so if, like, if several people are telling you this is happening, obviously you need to like shift your thinking to maybe this is happening. And then the other thing, um, just about, um, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, let's say you have a cousin and if you want the cousin to spend the night, it's like, hey, like you have to ask my mom for me. It's like the same thing of like enough black people are talking about it, but it's like we aren't the people who are actually going to formulate this change. It's like it has to come from your cousin or your, you know, your white brother and sister who's going to have to ask, you know, the, the overseer like this. That's the change that needs to happen. Mm. So, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, I, what Josiah said, you know, going into the store, I do fear sometimes i'm like you know like i walk into a store and i don't buy anything i'm like dang they're gonna think i i took something and it happens every time just like you know i try to try to casually walk out and i stop just to make sure you know maybe if someone was still they wouldn't just stop at the door <laughs> the door and i'm like okay now i can walk out because they know who would stop and <laughs> rob the store but right 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 yeah things like that and then just in getting pulled over i've seen my mom the, the one time she probably got pulled over because you know her her driver work is perfect but the one time she had her hand on the wheel and she talked the off i mean it does probably come from you know being a lawyer but just her, her being like hey officer i'm going to reach and down and get you know my registration this is what's happening and so just watching her do that i'm like mommy like you're overreacting but then thinking about it like no she's taking the proper precautions because you know anything could happen it may be nighttime they may not see what she's doing just you know it's at this point it's better to 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 be over dramatic than to, you know, 
have something go wrong in one moment and then you know I'm without a mother like just things like that and I, just, just times like it, I have to double double think and you know I'm, th I'm thankful that nothing has personally affected my family as far as losing a family member definitely having friends who've left who've lost family members lost brothers you know just to like yeah senseless things as far as you know reaching for a hairbrush or just walking on the wrong side of the street when I walk in a neighborhood sometimes I take my hood off just to you know it could be raining but I'm taking my hood off just because I don't sense that things could go well in that scenario yeah it's a it's an inconvenience and I think like again I'm, I'm hosting hopefully a more focused conversation on this let's say title of white privilege I think sharing perspectives of the things that black people think about um, and that white people don't is a safer way to kind of describe why the privilege terminology even exists right so privilege when whenever you put that up like like white privilege black on black crime heck now is defend de de defund the police these things automatically put up a wall right and it's like it's the defense like you shared that josiah earlier where you're like what do you mean you know like you kind of felt some type of way but there are some things in life that we just think about that we know that other races don't necessarily think about. So, like, I'll tell you, I, I may have said this on one of my other talks, but I didn't wear a mask when I went out um, for the first, like, month or so. I'm 5'11". Well, in shoes, I'm 6 feet tall, 220-pound, muscled-up black guy with a mask on walking into the store. That's what was in my head. So even if everyone else was doing it that's what was in my head i'll admit like it was and so i finally decided to kind of cave in when i went into like the post office and realized i was like the only guy in 10 people that didn't have a mask on so i, I felt weird and i finally kind of let that go i was like i need to calm down like not everyone's going to see me as a criminal um but you know my past you know kind of dictated my decision to not put on a mask for a while right and um and also i want to give credence to a little bit of media right? I mean, that, that can have an impact on the way I view myself as well. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate. How do you guys feel about the fact that at your age, this is going on and, and then you take the younger people, right? You know, let's, let's take my age of 39 and we'll go ahead and subtract. So that would make me 13 years older than you, Josiah, and uh, 15 years. Is that right? Almost 15. Your birthday's coming up. Um, years older than you, uh, Michaela. You know, you think about the same amount of years backwards, right? So now you're talking about, let's say, the nine-year-old Michaela for you, and uh, and the thirteen-year-old uh, for you, Josiah. Like, how how do we how do we help? You know, how do we help this? Like, you know, the kids born just ten to fifteen years ago. Anybody can take that. I mean, what do you guys think? You saying as of now? Is yeah, like, like now. Like, how do we help? Um, I mean, like you just. Being older now, like if I was nine, I feel like you would feel helpless. And even now, sometimes I do feel helpless because it's like a collective body that needs to to assemble for you know change to be done. But I think a difference that I see between you know a few years ago when we had you know another police murder, but till now, is that I feel like something is changed within our community which is like the ball is rolling and like we're rolling in the right direction and it's mm -hmm. like slowly we're surely moving and like people aren't silent about this like we're obviously not this isn't going away for a while you know you have the statues coming down and like the uh, virginia i know maryland i think had a few but like statues are coming down now we've been trying to get that down for like years now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I remember seeing those when I was, you know, kid going on field trips to see Robert E. Lee, and you're like, um, but, but just, just things like that. And, you know, you still have, you know, the Lynch. Can I pause you there? Can I pause you there? Like, I, I just, that's wild. So yeah. we perpetuated a, an education of a Confederate leader. And here you are, a black student at whatever age, going to go check out the, the great Robert E. Lee. Right, they're like, he was a leader and he was this. You're like, he's basically U.S. Hitler. Like, it, but we're not, we're not associating the two. And then you like the same thing with Georgetown and the same thing, you know, we're having mm. like a movement. That's, it, it, it actually does feel like a movement at this point. Cause you know, it, this has been going on for, feels like centuries, but just the fact that things are actually starting to slowly change People are being more adamant about what they do, how they're doing it, using their platform, plat platforms for good. It's just, you know, you have people who coming together who weren't coming together before and just, just, just to get points across. So it's like, I feel like what we can do, you know, as, as young adults, as adults, it's just, we need to, well, one, make sure that this history doesn't repeat itself because it's been doing that for years now. And it's like, when is that, that whole pattern going to change? But just the fact that we're moving in the right direction now, like we're not falling back on things we promised, things we said. People have had enough. So I just think we just need to stay moving towards this right, this right direction. Josiah, what do you think? I'm just uh, looking at comments. Yeah, um, I think I think it's everything Michaela says, right? I I you know I think some perspective is helpful to realize like we're really not that far removed from all this stuff like i i follow christian rapper propaganda he's awesome um and you know he posted he's he's interracially married his wife is latina and um you know he was talking about like 53 years ago uh his marriage would have been illegal like that that's and that's that's nuts like 50 it's not that long ago like my my you know my parents were alive when you know um my mom got or my parents were bussed into schools right like it, there was segregate like that was the end of segregation right it, it we're not that far removed and i think for me i think we talked about it earlier, but it, it, for white people specifically, I think it's exposure. I don't think, and I think that it took a global pandemic, who knew, uh, to get white people to open up their eyes to like, whoa, this is a huge problem. Because if you're in your bubble, like take me for instance, I was in my little white homeschool bubble, didn't really have any black friends, although I wanted them, I, I played basketball, so I, I was like, on a black friends, whatever. Um, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was in this bubble and I like, I'll be straight up with you. Like I was homeschooled. So my, my curriculum was not the civil war. I mean, we referred to it as the war of Northern aggression. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I grew up with. I mean, we, I, that, I'm, I'm not, I'm not holding any punches. Like if mom and dad are watching, I mean, sorry, but this is, this is, 
um, this is my reality. And it wasn't until, you know, I was exposed to um, black people and just like having, like having conversations and reading books and just talking and just having conversations with people that I was like, dang, this is, this is a real issue. Like white supremacy, like I don't, before I was like, I don't, you know, America, you, you can do whatever you want. You can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But the reality is, is it's not, that's not the case. And so for, for black people. And so I think it's important to continue to exposure, to expose white people specifically, because uh, there's some tweet going around, like this is a white person problem. And that's true. It It is true. Like we are the ones perpetuating the system. And, you know, of course you're not going to say the system is broken if the system works for you because it's not broken for you, you know? And so, um, exposure, 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 um, as, as believers, if you go to church and everyone looks like you, you're doing it wrong. That should not be the case. You, you need to be around people that do not look like you, that aren't the same age, that have different backgrounds that have different viewpoints and the only thing like you know the only thing that you really need are is jesus i'm uh, sorry that's really corny and cheesy but it's true i mean you you it's not, it's not corny and cheesy man you're, you're it, it's being you, it's, man. A, it's a matter of like looking at the gospel and realizing that it is for everyone it is for everyone and if you if you can't see this problem like check your heart like see where jesus i've been reading through the gospels for the past couple months and i've made it a point in june to to kind of like take a bit of what i'm reading about jesus and what he did and he is for like he is not with the the majority culture like he's not with the moral people the the people that claim to have the morality, the people that claim to be this or that are the ones that he is like, you're, you're wrong. And so I, I see a lot of that in the Christian church. I see a lot of people that claim to be Christians and can't see this issue. Yeah. And so, so I want to, I want to jump on that. So, um, and I'm going to also jump into a couple of comments. I think, I think you're hundred percent right. Um, and, and I think where both of you guys are touching on is education in the heart, right? On both sides, right? Like the exposure, education in the heart. And what does that all look like? Because I will say, you know, um, we all know the beliefs are similar, especially between these three, uh, the us three right now. Um, but when you, I don't want to say when you simplify it, but when you bring it down to those areas, however way that looks, it becomes one of those things where like, where, where's your mind and heart at? in place of the lack of education that you may have and knowledge you may have. Does that make sense to what I'm saying? Like, it goes back to what you said earlier. It's like, my, my, my faith should at least allow me to listen. So even if you don't have the education, you should at least listen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to say this very carefully, this next statement very carefully, especially because everybody that's, that's probably even viewing. For those that are not Christians and anti-Christian on top of that, 
in some cases, I truly believe, and I know that some of my fellow Christians are probably going to disagree with me here. I truly believe they still can have a heart to want to learn and listen and, and change. You see what I'm saying? I, that's, not, that's not to say anything that you said, Josiah, anything you said, Michaela, is wrong. It's more of like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just because of the, the two sides of that. And it's like, because I don't, I don't ever want to feel like it's a hopeless thing. Like, hey, get saved and you'll understand this racism issue. Because the truth of the matter is, guess what? Those who are, quote unquote, saved, can also be racist. And that's what I'm saying is like, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, uh, God, it, this is probably what I've right so, over the most is the, the fact that the, tr- like, I know people that like are in the church and cannot see this as a problem. And I have people that I know for a fact are the, are anti-Christian do not want, god in their lives whatsoever they and yeah. they can see this as an issue and so it's like whoa how is how are we not getting this how are how as believers if we believe the gospel what the gospel actually means how are how are we letting this how are we not seeing this yeah how, i'm with you so michaela quick question what are your thoughts on 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 some of what we just discussed and i'm about to pull up a comment in a second but go ahead as far as like, this, like just just from uh like yeah well obviously you talked about the education and we talked about the the as believers and its impact and then also the church right um you know how do you feel about that even where you are right now in life and the things you're working on because you're working on things if you don't mind jumping into that that's that's really kind of church agnostic too right as like far as- Meaning it's not church agnostic, but basically South it's, it's, I don't know, you tell me, what, what's the thing you, you started actually doing, you shared it with me earlier? With, uh, I think it was in Chesterfield or something, or? Oh, yeah, um, my sister and a few other alumni from Chesterfield County actually put together like a uh, call to action letter just as far as, you know, just trying to get Chesterfield County to basically take action on their statement that they said, you know, like I feel like a lot of corporations and companies put out a lot of statements of like like a very vanilla statement of like yeah we see what's going on and we stand with you and like this rah 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 but it's there's no action behind it and like people say like you can apologize but when you don't see change behavior or even like a step in a different direction it it means nothing and yet thank you for standing with us it's just you know you need to do something behind it and so what we what we felt as like alumni is that we were kind of we there are a lot of gaps in our education that could be filled um and i mean we we had a discussion about it today but there's a lot of you know things that go behind it so it's a lot more than just you know changing the curriculum it's a lot more than having like more diversity it's a lot more than having specific resources for students of color um and so just going off that, I think it's like, like you said, how can we do to help? And I think it's looking back, you know, we've already passed the age where, you, you know, we're not in elementary school, we're not in middle school, we're not in high school anymore, but there are students still there. And, you know, eventually just having children go through that process as well. It's like, you want them to be educated where we were, we were lacking at one point. Yeah, I, I will say, Therefore, go ahead. So it won't happen again. <laughs> yeah, so it won't happen again. And I'll, I'll even throw myself on on. Uh, on the firing, uh, I guess on on the on the the firing pit or spit or whatever it is, I don't know. So Mike Welker made a comment 
um, I think he was correcting me. And this goes back to either education or excitement or whatever. Um, he said he was a general in the Confederate uh, Confederacy, not the leader of the Confederacy. I think I actually accidentally said that. So thanks, Mike, for uh, correcting me. But again, that goes back to the the more, and again, speaking to myself, the more educated maybe to some degree we may become, the better we can speak on certain things. And I, I mean, I knew he was a general and all that stuff. But my point is, like, I think sometimes we can forget or not even know, speak from a place of not fully understanding. And when we move into this specific area of race, we pull in our feelings and our emotions into some things that may or may not be necessarily um, I'm sorry, not pull in. We, we put out things that may or may not be actually accurate. But I think as we grow in like our proximity of communication, some of the things you're working on, Michaela, when it comes to helping people get educated, getting exposure, um, uh, utilizing the gospel to help grow uh, our, our hearts to be willing to hear things, those who are not believers. At the same time, being able to just be open and listening. Again, I'm, I, I, I want to stress, I understand our faith, but also that's people as humans, just we should just listen and care and be able to hear um, others' perspectives. I mean, they're, they're going in on this, on the comments here on education. I think it's, it's funny. Not education, yeah, education and history and things like that. Um, but I think it's important to be able to understand where all that lies, especially like listening to you guys when you're in your 20s, I'm kind of like, man, like, have we, the fact that like, I was saying something about lack of education when I was, as a kid, and then you guys are saying the same thing now, you know, are my kids going to have, well, actually they won't be, um, but, but it's like this generation, are they going to have the same problem? How do we stop it right now? Like, how do we make sure our kids don't run into this again, you know? I'm sorry if I was just like going, there's just so much with this. Sorry, Josiah, what you about to say? You about to say something? Yeah, I mean, I think going back to the, the how do we, you know, how do we continue to progress? And I think it is talking to kids. Like, I think it's, I think it's being real with kids about our past, about what, what, has, what is going on. And, you know, like, I think, that's probably one of my biggest responsibilities is that my kids grow up and they have exposure to black people and they have and they have the knowledge of this is what happened we enslaved this people group and this is like this is not okay and this is how it's happened so and i mean so yeah i think it's just having those conversations early i, I think especially for white people because I've, I've seen so many things about like the talk for black people is like hey you know what when you get pulled over do this don't do this that kind of thing where and so white people need to have that conversation too like this is this is what's going on like to the to your kids because like Michaela was talking like nine years old someone's shouting the n-word like in the and that was in what where, where did they learn that right? Yeah, early two thousands, right? Like, man, I got friends now who are my age. Their kids have been called that, and they're the same age now. I'm not talking about in the last five years. Yeah, you know, um, and it's unfortunate. You know, it's it's highly unfortunate. I I think. Um, let me see what time is. It. Okay, we got about three. Or I'm say about three to five minutes left. But I think I think we're at a point where, you know, 
when we say this has to stop now, at least when I'm gathering from listening to you guys, I think there's a start. Because I think stopping is going to be hard. Like, racism has to stop now. I think we need to start doing more to help with it. Because it's going to be hard to stop racism. Especially because racism in the U.S., though defined as whites against blacks, racism is something, and I know some people think it's controversial, racism is across the board. It happens. I was on a call with some Africans uh, a couple days ago within my organization. They talk about racism within their own country. So it happens. Um, but in the context of the U.S. Um, right now, you know, we need to educate as quick as we possibly can for the kids of tomorrow who will eventually go be adults tomorrow, right? Um, and, you know, I think, I think it's, this is said in a comment, I mean, around Jim Crow and things like that. I mean, we're not that far removed. It, jo Josiah, you said that. And uh, I think even McKelly touched it. We're not that far removed. We're not, right? I mean, if you think about when Jim Crow ended in, I think it was 1965, I believe, and not everything got really implemented, you know, for another five to seven years. You're talking, if you take 1965, that was 55 years ago. There are probably people right now watching this thread that are over 55 years old. Yeah. Which means that they, that they may have walked past a whites only location or a black so like you know yeah. Um, right yeah i mean it's there's a lot there man there's a lot i'm sorry michaela you want to say something real quick before we uh close out oh no i was just agreeing with you <laughs> yeah so any thoughts um michaela i'll give you the first dibs any thoughts uh or comments or anything you want to share with those who have been listening and or for josiah and myself <laughs> actually i'll ask you this question how can we as men white and black, support you as a young black woman in America? Maybe that's a question you can answer. Oh, boy. I know it's a deep one. I'll give you a couple seconds to answer. Um, and she doesn't speak for every black woman, but she is a every black woman. But, I mean, there there's a different, uh, the different realm of what happens when you're, you're black, but also you're a woman. You have to worry about, you know, you know, you may have the, the racial implications of, you know, walking into a store being followed, but then you also have the, the, the fear of, like, you know, turning down a man and fearing for your life in that sense of, like, he's, a, he's yeah, he's a black man. He also is one thing, but I think, I think it's, again, one education and, and coming just from my perspective is, like, there's a thing where, like, black men and, like, white women have a thing where, you know, you can be the oppressed, but also the oppressor. So it's, like, Pick, pick one and hopefully it's like you know don't don't oppress me what you know do this whole thing but it's 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 hard for black women definitely because we're at the bottom we feel like we're at the bottom of the total poem just because of that you know you have the black but then you also have the the women label attached with you as well so it's like you're fearing for your life in so many different categories whereas like the thing that you guys can do is just you know kind of support your black woman protect your black woman and like uplift your black woman that's cool. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Josiah, man, any last words, any thoughts or, and or maybe answer a similar question is as a young white male, what can we do to help you in this time that's uh, helping the situation or whatever? I don't know. You tell me. I mean, I, I think for me, is hold me accountable. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I think there's there needs to be accountable that it doesn't stop, that it continues, that it's not just a month-long frenzy of posting social media it's it's like am i am i following through am i having those conversations am i doing those things um and then also just i think 
you can, it's, it's up to you to change yourself. Like, well, theologically speaking, that's not, that's inaccurate. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, course, what, sure. what I mean by that is it starts on an individual level The change does. We can't, we're not going to end systematic oppression, but you know, if you're, if you, whoever you are, whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, just listen. Just listen and and like try to show compassion and um, realize that like you you do have a sphere of influence, right? We all have a sphere of influence, whether it's your your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's your basketball team, whether it's the people you play video games with, whatever it is. Like you you do have an influence, and I'm and just don't forget to give people the the grace that they need as well because i think that that's also something that you see a lot is like the social media sniping of like like you said this you said that you said that just 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 chill out and like you don't have to be right you don't have to be right all the time and that's something that i have to preach to myself constantly is yeah and to get on my high horse probably that's probably been evident (laughs) i think sometimes get we we need to learn to give you guys grace for trying um i and i know some people that's not popular with a lot of people even me saying that you know like when you say give people grace i think i think you know this whole like uh you know uh what is sacrifice to silent people thing that was happening especially the last couple weeks i'm kind of like first couple weeks i'm like i get it I understand it, but like some some people literally don't know what to say, so they're just sitting there and just like oh, I don't know what to say. Um, we got to give a we got to give some grace in in all of this. So yeah, man. So Michaela and Josiah, thank you guys so much for your time. Y'all hang on here. I'm going to end the live. Those who join, I appreciate it. The conversation I see had a lot of uh, a lot of spirit in it. Uh, just reading through the comments and and um, and really appreciate. These two young adults, born in the 90s, uh, given us perspective that reflects me born in the 80s, some born in the 70s, some born in the 60s. How do we stop this from being people born in the 20s, 30s, and future 40s? All right, y'all. Love y'all. We out.